What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 138. And today we are here to do what we used to call a ponder sesh, but we felt like we got to switch up the name a little bit because now we have the sesh podcast. So all sesh things need to be on the sesh podcast. <laughs> so instead, we are doing a ponder potluck. Potluck, if you know what I mean. So. <laughs> well, we are each going to be bringing things to the table. So that's why I see it as a potluck. We each have a few short topics that we couldn't make an entire episode out of. So we put them all into these ponder potluck episodes so you can get a little taste of everything. And we have topics from um, ancient history to like aliens, ghosts. I don't know what you guys got, but I have all types of stuff. I have some natural phenomena type stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Do you have any it's paranormal? A it's a surprise. Uh, oh, it's paranormal, a surprise. No, no parent. Well, paranormal in the sense they're talking about aliens, but. That's paranormal. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if Josh gonna, didn't bring any paranormal. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I definitely got to bring some of that with me. So, but before we get into some pondering, I want to thank our sponsors for today. We got Quip, Zebit, HelloFresh, Native, and Honey. Make sure you guys check those out. As well as another way to support the show that is actually free is if a lot of you I know love watching the show on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome and everything. But if you haven't gone over to Apple Podcasts yet and subscribed or gone to Spotify and hit follow, we'd really appreciate it if you went and did that if you haven't already. Just because YouTube isn't really counted in the whole podcast performance uh analytics yet so it does really help out our show if you do subscribe to us over there on uh, spotify and, and apple Podcasts. yeah and a big thank you to everyone who's done that already it does help a lot and we have seen the numbers go up so thank you absolutely but we've got a couple news topics for you this week uh some kind of uh out there things that uh you probably haven't even heard of uh, because uh, you know this past week was pretty uh Pretty busy with the election and everything. <laughs> yeah. So that's been the pretty busy 24 seven news cycle has been mm -hmm. all about the big election. Mm -hmm. So here's a couple things that you may not have heard about that we found out about this week. So the first thing is about fast radio bursts. And this is something like <laughs> again, we keep revisiting <laughs> because it keeps coming up in the news. And if you're not familiar with the fast radio burst, essentially it's an energy pulse coming from space. And you know, we've, heard about this a lot of times where they're like, Oh, we're getting these, you know, fast radio bursts from, you know, this star system and some other, you know, mm -hmm. galaxy is set, you know, sending these our way. And there's this whole debate about what they are. It is still kind of this unexplained phenomena at this point, these, uh, FRBs as they're uh, called. And we don't really know why we're seeing these and why we're detecting them and what's causing them. Cause they could be caused by something natural. Possibly. Well, that's that's the way a lot of astronomers lean is that it is a natural occurrence that's happening as a result of stars uh, that are either exploding or doing other things where they're emitting this energy mm -hmm. off of it that pulses and travels through space over, you know, millions and millions of light years away where eventually we pick up on it and we're able to detect it with our, our telescopes and antennas and things like that. So. The reason why this news and why we're even talking about this today is because scientists actually finally traced an FRB from within our own galaxy. So the Milky Way, for the Ooh. first time, we were able to trace it to within our own galaxy. Were they able to narrow it down exactly where? They, they narrowed it down to uh, what they believe is a magnetar, which is essentially an incredibly dense neutron star. So 
they they're pretty sure that it's these stars that are mm. sending these impulses into space. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able they're a they are able to trace it back to an original lo- location. I guess I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of fancy math that goes into that, but mm-hmm. they were able to trace it back to this magnetar. <laughs> That's so unsure of yourself. <laughs> I guess they were able to trace it back to this magnetar that is in the Milky Way. So this neutron star. But again, we don't know if for sure that these fast radio bursts are in fact coming from stars. So it's kind of like this, you know, that's our best guess based on science and evidence. Or, or it could be aliens. A lot of people like to believe that it's possibly extraterrestrials that are communicating with us and we're just not able to decipher the signals or, or we're not picking up the right information. Or maybe they're not trying to communicate with us. They're trying to communicate with someone else and we're just picking up their signal. You yeah, know, it's true. Just, we could be in the middle and it could yeah. be going right past us right. and somebody else is picking it up. Well, think about if there really are several different alien species out there, they probably communicate with each other or through, you know, I was gonna say, maybe. Do, you, do you think that, you know, if there is other life out there in the universe and in other galaxies, do you think there is a way to communicate from galaxy to galaxy? I mean, I wouldn't fucking know, but I bet there probably is. I mean, if they're, uh, you know, skilled enough or um, advanced enough, I should say, to be able to travel, I assume you'd be able to send messages too. Yeah. Especially because that one mess, the Carl Sagan message went quite far. So I'm sure on a, with better technology could probably go even farther. I bet that's what it is. We're picking up like a message. That's not for us. Yeah. That's my guess. A lot of people, a lot of people do believe that, that that's what's happening. It's not just a natural phenomenon that's happening. And I think in some cases it could be stars that are doing this and they're, you know, emitting it. It yeah. makes sense, right. For yeah, them to emit totally could be. these impulses of energy, but it's more fun to think it's aliens though. It is. It is more fun. So while we're on the topic of aliens, I wanted to just bring up this tweet from Elon Musk from a couple weeks ago, because I just thought it was interesting to hear his thoughts about, you know, alien life. I think a lot of people wonder, is Elon Musk an alien believer? Does he believe in <laughs> oh, UFOs? Say, is he an alien? <laughs> well, <laughs> I kind of wonder that <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. So he tweeted, doesn't seem to be any life in this solar system, maybe under the ice of Europa or an extremophile bacteria below the surface of Mars. And this was in response to like uh, a fan that tweeted him uh, a question Mm -hmm. about, do you think there's aliens or alien life in our solar system? And this was his response, which to, you know, if there was prevalent alien life in our solar system, you, we probably would have found some Mm -hmm. sign of it already. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we have, you know, imaged our entire solar system. We've sent rovers now to, to Mars and we've sent probes to even farther out in the solar system. So we've gotten, I mean, if you look at the pictures that NASA has of all the planets, it's like, okay, if, if there was some advanced form of life on any of these planets, then we probably would have found it by now. Right. We would have had seen so. a sign or they would have communicated with us uh, unless they're inside of, you know, a core of a planet, which is yeah. fun to think about or I mean, it's possible. Right. My view is, <laughs> it got decimated and we are the only planet with, with advanced life on it left in Mm -hmm. our solar system. I think if you go back millions and millions, maybe billions of years, multiple planets in this solar system Mm -hmm. were 
covered with life. I, that's what I personally believe too. Because when you look at where the planets are and you look at this perfect solar system, we seemingly have in this home star, that's Mm -hmm. the perfect, you know, length away or, you know, know, distance away from us, perfect conditions. And I mean, you look at Mars, it's not that much farther out from the sun. So it's still be capable. If it had an atmosphere, it'd still be capable of having life on it. I think a lot of people would agree with that about Mars. You know, when you see some of the evidence for that too, yeah, it's really quite possible. I mean, they're continuing to find more and more evidence of life on Mars and, Mm -hmm. and evidence of life that existed before on Mars Mm -hmm. that doesn't anymore for some reason. Mm -hmm. I think where we are going to find at least extremophile you know organisms on mars there's going to be some form of life we just got to go deep enough into it because i think what happened is once the entire you know atmosphere disappeared everything burrowed everything so went you down disagree into the with elon then yes i well yeah i, I think he's leaving the door open to possibility of like mm-hmm. bacteria or tiny organisms like but, he said of mars and europa but i i leave the door open to perhaps Maybe if there was, you know, humans or humanoid type beings on Mars that perhaps they went underground Mm. and there could be some sort of colony of humans or some form of beings Mm -hmm. that lives within Mars. And we just haven't found them yet because they're below the surface because there's no atmosphere. They can't go out on the surface. Maybe we should just do an episode on Mars and look into all those theories. Well, I mean, there's only so much about the theories. I just gave you the theory. Is well, I feel like there's probably more we could dig up and look at. There could be. There could be. We could take a look. We could take a look. But yeah, <laughs> let us know if you want to see that. Let us know what you think about that one. But yeah, that's uh, that's the first little uh, news topic for you. The second one though is about dogs. We all love our dogs. This is awesome. And this is really cool. There was new research that was published in the journal Science, and basically, an international team of scientists were able to trace dog domestication back 11,000 years to the end of the ice age. So that's how far, how, how long dogs have been domesticated for 11,000 years, at least man's best friend. It's like, it's in their DNA to want to be around humans. Yeah. Want to have a relationship with humans. Yeah. Well, what they did is they analyzed the whole genomes of 27 ancient dog breeds. Basically the scientists found that dog genetic patterns directly mirror human ones because the people 11,000 years ago took their dogs with them when they migrated. So a lot of the, when you look at the DNA uh, genome profiles, I'm no geneticist (laughs) here. Uh, So I'm a little bit out of my realm of expertise here. (laughs) I I know, I know a lot, but geneticists, I'm, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but (laughs) (laughs) I think so. But anyway, bottom line is the DNA, when you look at the patterns, they're similar with how human DNA evolved over 11,000 years. There's similar, Mm -hmm. you know, things that mirror each other so that they're like, oh, okay, the dog has been alongside the human for a very long time. If we're able to look back at, at, you know, the whole DNA makeup of dogs and humans and see a clear change depending on where they moved because humans migrated all over, you know, Mm -hmm. Pangea and all that and how it was one big continent. Mm -hmm potentially at one time and over time it spread out and humans migrated from, you know, the other side of the world to where we are now. And, you know, when you look at the different breeds that come from these areas, there's, there's a lot of similarities in their DNA to the actual humans that moved into these areas as well. That's really interesting. Wow. So scientists believe that dogs are the earliest animal that was ever domesticated period. Even the horse. 
Really? Before the horse? Before the horse, before any other type of I mean, it really does make sense. And like I said, it's like they're built to be with humans and be a pet. They're like, that's their role in life. And what's crazy is that all of these breeds can be traced directly back to the wolf. That even our little fluffy havanese, <laughs> if you go far back enough, they originate with the wolf. They're ferocious oh. beasts. Yes, they are. <laughs> I love that. That's really interesting. But what's the last point I had about this though is that they don't know how or what caused. Like, how did you domesticate the wolf? How was that done? How do you go from wolf to havanese? <laughs> like well, lots that, yeah, of time that is interesting but like at one point did someone have a wolf as a pet yes no that's what they're saying is that a hundred percent they were used wolves were their pets i believe it especially if you had raised it from you know a, a pup it would yeah. become yeah i'm sure you could teach it just just like people have some people have like tigers and stuff as pets right like tiger king right i feel like you know not that i encourage that at all but you know, I can see how you would, you know, with patience and time, you could train anything to really be a pet. And then over time. And know. breeding the same, you know, the mm-hmm. same people's wolves over and over and over again, over thousands and thousands it's of like years. It's like in their DNA. And, you know, obviously there's environmental factors, I think, come into it too. Because some of these breeds like only come from certain areas of the world, like the, uh, uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback, I think is how Rhodesian uh, Ridgeback. The uh, it's the Ridgeback. The I believe that's how it's pronounced. Our little Javis come from Cuba, from South Africa, and yeah, different parts of the world affected the actual makeup of that dog, which is interesting. That is interesting. So, like, depending on where they took the wolves to, over time, the wolves adapted to those conditions, and through evolution, we got all these different dog breeds. Wow. But it's a mystery on how we got from point A to point B. We don't know how we got all of these breeds from the wolf. We just know that over time. Yeah, I've always wondered that too. But at what point was it domesticated? We have no idea. Wow. So quite the mystery there. But the last bit of news we wanted to mention happened this week during the election. And obviously everybody was focused on the presidential election. But there was a lot of things on mm-hmm. the ballot for a lot of different states. And one of those things was the legalization of cannabis or Mary Jane and five. <laughs> That's new what was states. on the ballot. Yeah. Legalization of Mary Jane. <laughs> Mary Jane. Yes. But great news. Five states. Yep. Passed legalization for recreational yeah. and medical out of the five states that passed some form of marijuana legalization was New Jersey, Arizona, Montana. They passed both recreational and medical mm-hmm. But then South Dakota and Mississippi passed medical marijuana measures. That's amazing. It really is. Welcome to the club, guys. <laughs> we love to see it. And I know so many people, so many of our fans I know, are really happy about this if you live in these areas. I mean, it really sucks not to have access to that, at, especially if you have some type of condition and you could benefit from it medically. This is huge for so many people. Life-changing. So. I'm so excited to see it. Hopefully the rest of the country joins in. And stops moving to Colorado. Just yeah, yeah, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> Another chip on weed. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the next four years where legalization goes and mm-hmm. sees, you know, maybe we'll see a federal, a complete federal, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, lift of the marijuana ban, you know, yeah. and we'll see that removed off of the schedule 
drugless, you know, uh, I really incredible. hope, you know, that's the snowball effect starting to take place and more and more states, you know, jump on board or they just, le- you know, legal mm-hmm. nationwide. Like mm-hmm. what's the point to keep it out at this point, you know? Yeah, I agree. And then Oregon too. Yeah. That Oregon. was big. Oregon was huge. So they had this measure called measure 110 and it was the drug decriminalization and addiction treatment initiative, which passed uh, and actually pretty convincingly too, 60, 40. The measure 110 reclassified the low level possession of a bunch of illegal substances, including psychedelics. And before, if you were to be caught with these substances, it'd be at least a misdemeanor, if not a felony. And it was basically changed from that to a non-criminal violation which would just be punishable by either a hundred dollar fine or a health assessment. Wow. They're but, headed towards like Amsterdam mm-hmm. status. Yeah. Pretty cool. And come February 1st, the state will halt jailing people for petty possession period. Oh, so, you know, love to see if you it. get caught with a small amount of drugs, obviously if you're a drug mule or you're, yeah. you're moving big mm-hmm. quantities, that's still going to be a, a charge because you mm-hmm. can't traffic these things. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's still going to be a felony, but as far as low level possession, which was like so many cops episodes, so much of live PD mm-hmm. was low level. Like, Oh, I got a little bit of weed. I got a little it bit of this. It was really irritating to watch that show. And people were getting locked up, going to jail, ruining, yeah. you know, losing their jobs, having to pay for, you know, mm-hmm. bonding out and lawyers and everything. So yeah. Not to mention the amount of people that are in jail right now. Yeah. Seriously. Know? Seriously. It's just absurd. So this is a step in the right direction for sure. Well, and it's great that, you know, Oregon's doing it. I hope Colorado follows uh-huh. suit. We probably uh, will California. I hope, I hope at least, you know, it's West coast and spreads East Yeah. because again, this is a directly going to affect the war on drugs. It's going to effectively eliminate it. I mean, if people aren't getting locked up and going to jail for, you know, petty possession of uh, substances, then they might actually be able to solve some crime. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there might be, you know, resources to be better things. allocated for other things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, and again, it's obviously, not good if you're addicted to any of these hard mm-hmm. substances. Right. We know that that causes a lot of issues. There's a lot of, you know, negative things that can come out of that, but, but I think criminalizing it is not necessarily the solution for that. Right. Right. And why not try a different solution? Cause the current one's not working. Mm-hmm. People no. are going to prison. <laughs> and if you watch any of the prison shows, I love 60 days in there's so right much in. drugs yeah. in there. Everybody's doing drugs. Mm-hmm. No, you can't stay clean in there. No, it's like, what's the point? So yeah. why are you it, locking It's not a solution. It really isn't. It's not. So, so yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully this will show the rest of the country that this this can be done. And mm-hmm. this is Oregon wide too. So congrats to all the yeah. Oregonians. Oregonians. <laughs> congrats to you. <laughs> congrats to you. But before we get into our ponder potluck, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. Okay. You guys ready to ponder? I'm ready. Are you? To ponder. I have some good things to ponder here. What'd you bring to our potluck today? Well, the first thing that I want to talk about is something I've been meaning to talk about since like the first ponder sesh we ever did. And I just forget every single time. So this time it's my first one. This is the Solway Spaceman. If you could Google that, Janelle, pull it up on the screen. Got to see this. Saw? Like S-A-W? S-O-L-W-A-Y. Solway Spaceman. Okay, so the picture that we are looking at was taken on a summer's day in 1964. If you are listening, it's a photo of a little girl. But as you can see, there's what looks to be a spaceman in the back. 
So Jim Templeton took his daughter Elizabeth and his wife Anne on a walk to their usual spots, and they were just going to go out and take some pictures because she had just gotten this new dress, and he was into photography. This is the 1960s, you said? Yeah. Okay. So an older camera when photos were developed and everything. I was going to say that haircut makes sense. All right. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) The haircut definitely makes sense now. So when you... When he first took the picture, he didn't see anything like this. He didn't see this spaceman in the background. He had no idea. And obviously, you don't get to see your pictures right away. He had to bring them in to be developed. But when he developed them, he was really freaked out to see this spaceman figure standing behind his daughter. And this photo has been highly debated over the last, what, like 60 years. Um, People trying to figure out what this was. Because he claims that no one else was around he would have remembered if there was a spaceman, right? Okay. And so he had taken several photos and this is the only one where this spaceman shows up. And the only person around was Anne, his wife. Okay. So, and they're referencing what looks to be uh, like a form, like the upper body of a human. And I guess I can see why they call it spaceman. Cause it kind of looks yeah. like a helmet like yeah. a, or honestly it could even be like somebody in a hazmat suit. Yeah. You know, like a full body like PPE or something like that. Cause it's just right. like this all white thing. So there's and, been all types of theories, obviously, because so, people are like, maybe it's a time traveler. Maybe it's an alien. Maybe it's a ghost. What could it be? And this photo has been scrutinized. I mean, it's, it's confirmed that this is in no way Photoshopped or altered by him. This is the original photo. He even sent it into Kodak um, because they made the camera that he was using and they tested it and they made sure that he did not alter the photo. This is a real photograph. And like I said, highly so what debated. could that be then if it's, I mean, is there any sort of camera setting that could cause something like that? No, like, Kodak has no explanation for it. And they even offered a reward for anyone that could explain it. And no one ever came forward being able to explain that photo, which huh. is really interesting. So he had started getting letters all over the world when they first went to the public with this because like um, all those, you know, little tabloid type magazine, Daily Mail, Express, all were covering this all the time back then. Um, And so he got letters from people saying it was a spirit or maybe that his daughter had psychic powers that he was not aware of. Hmm. And this was like her spirit guide or something like that. Um, Even two men in black came forward and said that they or they actually came to his house once and asked to ask where the picture was taken and referred to each other as number nine and 11. But the guy that took it, Jim doesn't think it was legit thing. He thinks they were kind of trolling him. Okay. Um, But yeah, so there's all types of theories. One of the theories is this is wild, but a possible link to a launch that was going on in Woomera, South Australia. I'm probably saying that's so wrong. Sorry. But just days after Jim had taken this photo of his daughter, there was this missile test that was going on in Australia. And um, it ended up being aborted by technicians because they reported seeing two men just all of a sudden show up in the firing range that looked like this, that were in weird spacesuits. And when they saw the photo, um, they said they were stunned because it looked just like the people they saw at the missile launch that they canceled over. But okay, which so, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's no other connection. That's just a theory that people have is like it's some type of time traveler, and that shows that the time travel also the time traveler also showed up at the missile launch. Okay, um, so but that's one theory. A, okay, there's nothing else to it though. There's nothing else that connects the two incidents. The most reasonable and accepted theory is that it's just his wife Annie, 
and that, um, or Anne, I'm not sure. Uh, but they say that the person is facing away from the camera and that the visor could be um, her hair and it's just reflecting and that her skin looks white because of overexposure and that the camera's viewfinder lens only lets you see 20% of the shot. So he could have easily just not seen her in the frame at the time he was taking it because it's in the outer 20%. Uh, I don't know though. That, that <laughs> so doesn't really yeah. make a lot of sense to me. Right. That doesn't look like, I, I mean, the, the angle, the mm-hmm. angle at which the the little person is coming out of her head is like to the side, like kind of, yeah. Like if it were, if it were her, why would she be standing like that? Like that, I, I guess <laughs> it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I'm like, nah. I know that I, it's, it's really hard for me to believe that that is um, the mom and that he wouldn't have known. I like to think it's something different, but I don't really understand cameras that much. And I know sometimes pictures really can, or, you know, people can end up super distorted, especially with older cameras, but I don't know. I still, especially that it looks like a spacesuit. It just makes me think it's a time traveler or something like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, the fact that the arms are so defined, I I mean, it clearly looks like it has at least a, a left arm. You know, you can yeah. see see the arm there. No, it looks like a clear, like a person. But yeah, they. The only thing I can think of is maybe a cloud, a low hanging cloud, or something. But again, the What's rest the of the visor. Yeah, the rest of the sky is. And there are clouds clear. in the picture. Yeah. Actually, if you look closely, there's other clouds you can see, and they look completely different. That one's overexposed, but the last one, yeah, you can see there's clouds. I mean, that's clearly not a cloud. Maybe it's like some ectoplasm or something. Maybe ectoplasm. she is clairvoyant. Oh. it's, I mean, I understand the theory that, you know, perhaps his child is psychic or has clairvoyant abilities because special, you know, ectoplasm uh, is an idea that uh, spirits can manifest in this almost like goo. Like it looks like mm-hmm. goo, but it's not, it's more like clouds. It's kind of like clouds that, that they take form. Uh, spirits can smoke almost take. Yeah. It's almost, almost like smoke, but at the same time, it's like, was it just coming out of her? scalp like i don't know her mouth is closed Ah, it looks far behind her i know it's creepy huh very interesting photo i i bet you most likely there's a some sort of explanation for that yeah it's that it's the 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 wife and or the camera is what i'm saying i think there could be a camera thing no No, trust me every camera person (laughs) in the world has looked at this shit Mm. they no one can definitively say what it is trust me this is a big topic. It's been debated so, so long. No one's come up with shit. <laughs> it's really don't. The wife is the best guess is that that's, that's his wife. Could, uh, and could it they could have be. set this up? Like put her in a, some people believe that, yeah, they could have hoaxed it. Like, would he really have gone to all that extent? So, and, and Kodak literally said, if you can prove that he hoaxed this come forward, they had a reward. No one ever did. Nobody ever tried to recreate it. No, and see if they could. Nope. No one ever could recreate it. Yeah, it's really a true unsolved mystery. All right, Janelle, what do you got? Okay. All right, so mine have to do with natural phenomena, and one of them takes place in the Namibian desert or the Namib desert, and they're called Namibian fairy circles. So in southern Africa, there's the Namib desert. Um, It's huge, and there's all these tiny little splotches, basically, of a bunch of 
well, they call them fairy circles, but we don't really know what they are. Um, they range from 10 to 65 feet in diameter and they stretch upon like hundreds and hundreds of miles. Um, and so a lot of scientists have looked, looked into this uh, land here. And one thing is that the desert is extremely dry. Obviously it's in uh, Africa. And so water is very limited. And a lot of people believe that as the vegetation expands and gathers, it kind of patches together because there's plants fighting for different water all the time. You know, they're always like trying to grab whatever small bit of moisture is in the ground. And so they think that they kind of form into these clusters of plants and then everything else around them dies. But Whoa. if you look at the pictures, I do not see like, look at these and I'll Whoa. put them up on the screen. They're like almost perfect circles and they're quite big. Um, wow. And in the middle of them is just like, nothingness and then around them is like little shrubs and so people say that it's because the water is trying to you know is or is being pulled i guess by the plants but then another theory is that it could be termites creating this um i guess it's oh. it's like a known thing that under each one of these patches there's a bunch of termites under there and so they think that maybe there's kind of they like you know form little colonies and then they form together and then if another colony tries to come near them they attack them so that leaves like the dead the dead patch which i'm like i don't know i tried to read best and like you know put my scientist hat on here but still doesn't make a lot of sense to me like well yeah. for ter the termite theory actually kind of makes a lot of sense because it would you know termites are a lot like ants mm -hmm. and what do ants do they build ant hills mm -hmm. so termites are a lot larger Mm -hmm. So it's possible that they could do, you know, do something like that. Like if you've ever seen like an ant farm and how like artistic ants can be, yeah. they can do really cool stuff. So why couldn't a termite make like almost perfect circles in in the ground? But then why are they the so vegetation? separate? Yeah. I don't understand why they, well, why are ant hills all separate? What would be the point of making them all circles? They just want to make them. Yeah. Circles? That's just what they do. Why does an ant build a, a little pyramid for himself? Because they live in it. What, no, is this well, termite just decorating and wants to make it a circle? Like, don't they just eat what's in front of them? That's well, why I'm kind of confused. Like, I guess because, well, they say that the reason why they're circles is because the termites hang out in the circles. And then the second another colony touches them, then they freak out and attack them. So that's why they're like separated. All in these with but I'm like, are termites that fucking smart? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, you do make a good point, Josh, that if, I mean, yeah, bugs can be that smart. Insects yeah. can be that smart. Maybe. I guess. I mean, I don't know shit about termites. <laughs> I mean, if you ever seen a termite colony, like, yeah. Oh, really? I mean, termites can literally eat your whole house if they Wait, want look to. Look up termite colony on YouTube. Yeah, look up. Yeah. Oh. Termites are serious, man. I mean, it I makes sense to me that they would colonies. do. Yeah, I know. I was going to say you love looking at bee colonies and stuff, but termites well, are ant colonies. It's not a bee. I want to like an up close National Geographic type Ew, thing. What the fuck? Termite colonies. Oh, it's so good. Termites of Africa or like, something. An in-depth look that an ant colony is some fascinating yeah, shit. How it all works. It's really complex. So if they're below the ground, maybe that's just like how they leave their... Janelle's going to die. That is disgusting. Yeah. Oh, it looks like maggots. Yeah, Janelle's gonna I'm die. not looking. I, can't, I literally... No, they're just big. <laughs> no, big look, ants. that's their baby sack, I think. Baby sack? Yeah. Their wow. larva? Probably. Editing their this larva. later is really going to be... <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for you, Janelle. That is... This is called exposure therapy. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
Well, so okay. why they look stupid to me? <laughs> okay, are they really making the circle? Like, are they so? Um, a lot of ancestors of this land, the Maruku, I believe, is um, what the group of ancestors here are called. A lot of them believe that they're you know footprints of the god. And there's also a story that a mythical dragon lives in a deep crack under the earth and that the dragon's poisonous breath kills vegetation to create circles. That would be lit. Okay. Maybe. I would be so happy. If hey, you true. can't rule it out. You can't rule out. But I just be thought it was like thinker. fascinating to look at. It's so, it's so weird that, it, but, but the thing is to me is like, why isn't this existing in other parts of the earth? Why right. is it just in the Namibian desert? I mean, it's just the Namibian desert. termites apparently. <laughs> They've got a special knack for this. I don't know. That's pretty weird. Yeah, I don't know. Well, could it be something else? I mean, I'm sure like people think that it's could be aliens, maybe yeah. sending a message or something. What's the message? Right, exactly. <laughs> what is the message? I don't know. And don't this know. has been happening as far back yeah. as we know. As far wow. back as we know. That's pretty interesting. I bet the termite theory is most likely what it is. Yeah. I agree. Because they're saying that the termites are killing the grass in the circles mm-hmm. and they just happen yeah. to do it in that shape. But, but like why that specific yeah. shape? Don't you think they'd be like weird mm-hmm. little like, you know, these yeah. are like almost perfect circles. That's what's yeah. weirding me out. Wouldn't you think they'd just be like splotches? Well, that's that's kind of the, like we just looked too with the termite colonies. I mean, it's kind of just like clumps of, you know, it's not perfect circles not like perfect. this. So there's, there's actually a lot of scientists that, do not believe that it's termites that do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, it's definitely kind of not split. confirmed. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. All right. What do you have for us now, Josh? This one is super interesting because I have experienced this unexplained sleep disorder. That was the longest <laughs> sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> That's because I was building up some suspense. S- suspense. <laughs> okay. For you. So this is called the exploding head syndrome. Oh my God. I have experienced this <laughs> okay. in about what I'm dead serious. You'll see what it is in a minute. I a hundred percent have, have experienced this unexplained benign sleep disorder. We're not talking about people's heads literally blowing up into yeah, a million pieces. So this is interesting. Only 13.5% of people even experience this phenomenon during their lives. It's actually kind of rare. Uh, if, you know, 13.5%. It's not a lot. So imagine, you know, you're lying in bed, you're happily drifting off to sleep. When all of a sudden you're woken up, like jolted, like your whole body shakes, like, oh, yeah, because of a loud noise that you hear, but then you find out was only in your head. So some people, the noise that they hear could be something being dropped from a high point, even explosions, hence the name exploding heads, exploding head syndrome. So people literally hear like in your head and you're like looking around like something like that happened and it didn't obviously gunshots are another one. I see where you're going with this. Okay. I (laughs) ringing bells, banging screams. So you think the time that we were in college and you woke up and started screaming about guns going off. Yes. Like Josh literally got out of bed (laughs) and went to the window and was looking outside. You think that you experienced this a hundred percent. You really think you heard it though. Is yes. it possible you oh. were just dreaming about no, 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 a shooting no. and then you thought it was happening? No, because I was in, it happens usually on, you know, before you actually get into a deep sleep, it's as you're falling asleep. Oh. So I'm like, and that's what was happening for me. was like, I was going to sleep, got to work in the morning and you were still awake. You were, you know, going to bed after me, but I was laying there. No, I was dead out. 
Were you? No, you're thinking of the time that you saw like a demon in the corner of the room oh. falling from the ceiling. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. awake during that. That's true. Yeah. This time I was dead asleep, you w- and you woke up screaming about gunshots, and I almost called nine one one because I thought so, you really heard them, and I just didn't because I was sleeping. And I did. I swear to you, in my head, I heard <laughs> pop, pop, pop. Wow. Jolted like I jolted awake as soon as that happened. Jumped out of bed and ran to the window. I was looking out the window, all frantic, like. And, and like all confused because you weren't, you were like, ah, like what's going on? I was freaked out, but there was nothing. Ooh. So this is an actual real sleep disorder that funny enough commonly happens with college students. Oh, wow. That is interesting. That interesting. Yeah. Wow. So there was a study where they, they actually did a study about exploding head syndrome with a bunch of college students. And in this study, 49 college students who had all experienced exploding head syndrome were interviewed about their symptoms by either a clinical psychologist or a doctoral student. And although their, although their experiences varied, some had experienced only one episode while one person reported 150 episodes. Oh, and wow. it revealed some commonalities among the people that experienced exploding head syndrome. For example, the most common type of noise that people reported hearing was the sound of someone dropping an object from a height followed by a bang, an explosion, and a door slamming. Those were the most common noises that were heard by the people that experienced this. So why are they calling it exploding head syndrome? I feel like that's a tad <laughs> dramatic. It is a little, because obviously... like loud noise in your sleep syndrome. Well, a lot, yeah. Well, a lot, it's... Sleep delusion syndrome. Nah, it's not as interesting as exploding <laughs> head syndrome. But a, another 14% of the people in their study forgot how to breathe during an episode of exploding head syndrome forgot how to breathe. Like yeah, once like, they already woke up. Yeah. Oh wow. So like maybe I wonder if it's connected to sleep apnea. I was so, going to say, forgot how to breathe. That sounds like me like hold their breath. Yeah. So again, this exploding head syndrome is completely benign. There's nothing that's going to kill you from this, but it is going to, you know, scare you. And it scared me. It scared me when too. It happened to me. And the thing about it is we don't know why this happens. There's no explanation for it. We have scientists think that it's probably a stress related thing. I think so. Which would make sense because I was very stressed you out are. at the time with work and school and everything. So Yeah, and a lot of personal life stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Just had a lot I was going under on. Immense stress I for mean, a lot of years. There was yeah. a couple years there where you were having night terrors a lot and waking up freaking out and you never do that anymore. No. Ever. Not at all. No. Yeah, it's very weird. You're in a much more all. peaceful place, yeah. I feel like, with your life. Yeah. yeah. And I think stress could really be uh, one of the the big triggers for it. Hmm. So when's the last time you would say you experienced this? That night. It was the only oh, one time. That was Unless it? there was a n- time. Yeah, probably the only time. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. in the bed every night. So I know. I <laughs> yeah. don't think anything. No, else I, I heard it once. And that's why I do. Th- I do think it is a stress related thing. Huh. So I wonder if any of you out there have experienced this exploding head syndrome because I bet you a lot more people out there be like, Oh yeah, that's happened to me before. I've never known what that was or why it happened. But mm. you know, I just thought I heard, you know, my mind was playing tricks on me, but the, the key to it is it's you audibly hear it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else does, but you, but you're hearing that loud sound in your head, mm. which is again, why it's called exploding head syndrome. I've never heard of that. That's really interesting. All right, Kendall, what do you got next for us in this potluck? I'm, I'm eating this shit up. <laughs> i have something called the dancing plague of 1518 oh i've heard of this have you heard of this oh yeah this is have you i think i've heard of this yeah damn this is wild though this is this is pretty cool if you have not heard of this (laughs) pretty weird 
Okay, so this takes place in July of 1518 in the city of Strasbourg, then part of the Holy Roman Empire. And there was a woman named Frau who all of a sudden just stepped out into the middle of the street and started to dance. And people were like, wow, Frau, you're looking good doing your dance moves. That's great. Like she was entertaining people and she was just in the street and they were like, wow, Frau's happy. It's all good. But then after a day, she didn't stop. She was going a whole 24 hours and then it turned 48 and then 72. And then after a few days, other people joined in and they were like, we're going to dance with Frau. So then by the end of the week, over 34 people were dancing in the street. Could have even been more. Um, and they were just, and they were not stopping, like going until they were absolutely exhausted. No breaks, just dancing in the street. What about street. going to the bathroom? Did Actually, that while dance? I, I don't know the answer to that. They could, they could have like ran in and gone to the bathroom real fast. I don't know. Or they were just doing it in the streets. <laughs> I have no idea. But a bunch of people were doing it. And, you know, at first this was lit. Like it was a big street party. It was fine. People are just dancing. What's the harm in that? But then people could not stop. And before, you know, they knew it, over 400 people joined in to dance in this one location. So it's like a giant, what are those things called? Oh, yeah. Flash mobs. Mm -hmm. It's like a big flash mob. But no one could stop. And then people started to die. Just people dropping started, dead yeah, on the ground. People started to have heart attacks because they weren't stopping. Or they just got so exhausted that they would just pass out. People were sleeping on the ground. And it was all outside. And it started to freak out, obviously. It started to freak out the, you know, rulers. They were like, what the fuck are people doing? <laughs> what are they smoking? Um, and, you know, it felt like they were under a spell. That's what they thought back okay, then. Okay, so they're like, there's there's a witch in here that's mm -hmm. bewitching these people right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, local physicians at the time said that it could be hot blood. Hot-blooded. They had a fever, and they were just gyrating their fever away. That's, that's me how all like the time. That's how they're getting it out. That's, that's really what they said. <laughs> that's me every day. Hot-blooded. You are. Just you are. It's having insane, to this guy. It's hot all My the time. My ears blow up like... They really do. Red. Good. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and they had no solution to help these people. I mean, they were being like, yo, you should stop. Like, settle down with the dancing. But they were not stopping. So they decided... You know what? We might as well just like help them dance. Maybe if they dance enough, they'll just get it out. So they built a big stage in the town so that people could just get up there and dance whenever. And they had music going on up there. And it just was a thing that all these people were participating in over 400 people. And this went on for over a month. All right. Well, <laughs> it must've been some lit music, man. Damn. Right. Is that where the song dancing in the streets came from? Dancing in the streets. What's oh, the song? Dancing. Oh yeah. Dancing, dancing, dancing in, in the streets. streets. Yeah, we dance. Yeah. They I'm were sure really fucking sick this. of it though Doesn't at the end. What you wear. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but then at one point they started freaking out and thinking that they're like possessed and all they could do is pray away the evil. <laughs> of course. Um, so they ended up going up to this mountain, this spiritual mountain that had a shrine up there, and they prayed uh for them to be able to stop dancing. And they did. Suddenly, everyone just stopped in September. So this went on from hell? July to September. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like maybe just a legend or something like this is just a yeah. story, but it's not. This is well documented in 16th century historical records. And it's not the only time that it's happened. It's happened several times and mostly all over Europe, uh, but also Switzerland, Germany, and Holland. It's documented. That dancing it's, plagues. Yes, dancing plagues. 
Um, and so there is a modern possible explanation for this. Drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> they all drank the Kool-Aid and they danced for days. No, sadly, that's not it. Sounds like an old Woodstock. Everyone's just like in the streets. Yeah, dancing. maybe it was like the first yeah. music festival yeah. like, <laughs> of all time. Was, <laughs> and they were all hyped up on something and just dancing. So they think that it's possible that this is just a form of mass hysteria, which there's several examples in history of people, you know, becoming mm-hmm. hysterical because of stress. They were worried that they were stressed out at the time about St. Vetus, which is a Catholic saint that they were worried had the power to curse people and that they could have been cursed with the dancing plague that could have caused their stress. And as more people got stressed, they, the hysteria grew. And I don't buy it, though. 400 people. Yeah, not everybody was stressed too. I know. So why is it some people and not others then? I don't know. I mean, I understand dancing when you're stressed out, but for three months. Nonstop? Yeah. All right, let's define dancing for a moment here. (laughs) They were like wildly flailing their bodies. So they they looked possessed (laughs) and they looked like the devil had taken hold of them. They're speaking Latin. They're... (laughs) No, they're not speaking. No, no, just dancing. And you know, one explanation for it is the same thing that they said possibly could have caused the Salem witch trials, the ergot, which is that rotting wheat that has same effects as acid. So basically, maybe their bread was making them trip psychedelics, essentially. But for four months or for three months. Damn, that's some strong shit, man. I don't know. That's a lot of bread. So how do we know they didn't just have some psychedelics and they were doing all 400. And I mean, for that long, if you take psychedelics, don't you crash eventually? Well, maybe they had their, you know, wheat drink, whatever. And everybody was drink. Everybody was just drinking, you know, the, (laughs) the poison. What are you talking about? The poison drink, you know, the, what you just referenced that, you know, there was ergot ergot. It's not a drink. It's bread. It's wheat. Okay. Maybe where'd you get drink from? Maybe they made a drink of ergot. (laughs) Oh or they God. were serving up some ergot food and that's they just, they knew they were going to get fucked up by eating it so no, they just man. did no <laughs> don't fun. you think word would get out though like yo yeah. no because they they're taking all this bread that's why they're doing it yeah then what's the answer <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's, answer no one knows that's why i picked this topic well it's not fucking hysteria that's some bullshit if you ask me i know me, like, i feel like that too cuz why don't we see that today People just like, oh, he's dancing. I'll dance. I'll dance. I'll dance. (laughs) For days? Sure. (laughs) For days? For months? Absolutely. I know. It's weird. And the fact that it's happened so many times, that's what's really weird. That's what got me. Because I at first I thought this is probably some like made up legend, but it's not. And none of the rulers took place, you know, No, they did. They were trying to figure out. No, they didn't participate, but they were trying to figure out why and help them. And then they magically went to the top of a mountain and prayed to Zeus or yep. something. And, and it stopped. That's why I don't believe it was bread because I wouldn't stop it. Yeah. Right. So what, if that prayer stopped it, what does that suggest? I feel like they were cursed or something or they were under a spell for real. Really? There was like a dance. Maybe it was Frau. Maybe she wanted everyone to dance with Possibly. her. No one was joining in. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to just put a spell on them all and they're going to start dancing with me. That would be fun. Could be. What a nice spell. I would dancing like to know spell. that one. That one's a good one. <laughs> Interesting. So the dancing plague of 15, 18, 18. Wow. Janelle, you got something else for us? My turn. Yeesh. Okay. This is another weird phenomenon, phenomena, phenomenon, whatever. Uh, this was captured back 
actually earlier this year in April, April 22nd, back in my birthday. Yes. And Earth Day, odd enough, which is interesting because this has to do with Earth, kind of. Um, And this took place in, oh God, here we go. (laughs) Balinkalig. No. No. Balinkalig. I looked it up so many times. If it's not Balinkalig, I'm going to be really angry. Balinkog. No, Josh. No, absolutely not. not. Balinkog, (laughs) Ireland, by the way. (laughs) Balinkalig, Ireland, which if any of you are from Ireland, sorry. That I, I it mispronounced right. it. I know I looked it up so many times. I'm really trying here. Balinkalig. <laughs> it's fun to say. Yeah, it is. Okay. So you know how, have you heard of like parahelic, parahelic circles or halo effects in the sky? Yeah. As a result yeah. of the sun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's these things in the sun that can happen where, you know, angles and light, I guess I'm not no scientist, so I don't know, but they match <laughs> up correctly and they form this halo around the sun essentially. But the um, halos are always, you know, really, really circular. They're always perfect circles. However, this one guy captured a video, and we'll go ahead and play it now. That is absolutely crazy. Never seen that in my life. Okay, so when you're kind of just looking at it off the um, video, you're kind of like, okay, so what's the big deal? Like, is it another one of just those halos? However, this one specifically, especially in this picture, you can really see it. Mm. One of the halos has a flat like edge to it. It's kind of more of an oval shape than a perfect circle. And if you look at other um, parahelic circles, there mm. there is nothing that looks like this. And so people were shook as fuck that it was not a total circle and that it was an oval. And yeah. therefore they thought it was not a halo after all. And um, cause I mean, here's an example of one that it usually right. looks like they're very circular. Mm-hmm. This one is clearly looks squished, squished. Exactly. And so people have never been able to figure out exactly what happened or why they obviously, you know, scientists just say, Oh, it was a parahelic circle, but it doesn't make sense why it looks so squishy um, compared to all the other ones that we've ever really seen on earth. So um, a lot of people think that it's some, maybe like a projection of some sort or it could be aliens. What about the fact that there's two of them? Yeah, I guess that's not as uncommon. Like some of them do have multiples, but I agree that like a lot of them, the two of them kind of, I don't know. This one is completely outside of the other of each other almost like they barely overlap. And that's normally not seen like see how this one Mm -hmm. here is like within that. And then see how the second circle, the larger one has those two darker spots Mm -hmm. towards the inside. Mm -hmm. What the hell's that? Yeah. I I think that might be part of like the reflections. I'm not entirely sure. Some of them I've seen have that some of them don't. So I don't know if that's like something special, but, um, yeah, I don't know. How long have these been seen for? Like, have, I'm sure they've been for, seen for forever. a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh. sure they're, and they're, I don't think they're like super uncommon. I've never seen one though. Mm-hmm. Like, and I never had heard of it before looking this up. Um, Cause I can only imagine what like, you know, 500, you know, or 5,000 years ago, somebody looked up mm-hmm. in the sky and saw something like this that mm-hmm. they would automatically assume, you know, there's a higher, yeah purpose the to this like this is something. a sign of yeah. something you know from the sun god or and it almost looks like an eye shape mm-hmm. yeah that center it, it i was gonna say that it kind of looks almost spiritual yeah mm-hmm. holy and, it just looks like so glowy it'd be yeah. interesting that the sun would make an eye shape right yeah yeah totally 
Yeah, the fact Without that the it's eye, squishy. No light, so it looks weird. weird. It's an it's like egg shaped instead of a circle. Yeah, that's odd. Which is odd because I believe that. You know, again, I could be wrong, but I believe that part of the reason why this forms is because our Earth is circular, and so mm-hmm. when we're reflecting mm-hmm. off, like naturally, it's going to have a right, s- like spheric. That really can't be shape. explained. Yeah, I don't that know. is odd. Whoa, how'd you find that? Honestly, I don't even remember. I was just looking up, I think, natural. I was really into the natural phenomena this time around, if you couldn't notice in my two stories. So I like it. Yeah. That stuff's always so interesting. interesting. Mysteries of the earth. I would love to see one of those in real life. If I didn't know, like now that I know it's this, I would have for sure been like, what the fuck? Aliens 100. 100. (laughs) (laughs) It's always aliens. It's always aliens. Well, speaking of aliens, that's what my next topic revolves around, actually. But before I get into that, like to thank our last sponsors for today all right josh what do you got for us all right next thing i brought to the potluck is the black knight alien satellite have you ever heard of this before no this is very this is a very interesting sort of theory but uh this object really does exist we don't know what it is but a lot of people refer to it as the black knight and the reason for this is they believe it is an artificial satellite that's just going around in orbit in retrograde orbit so the opposite orbit of the earth and they believe it has extraterrestrial origin and it's been orbiting the planet for 13,000 years whoa that's just this unknown thing it's, it's going orbiting earth orbit orbit <laughs> it's <laughs> orbiting orbit <laughs> yeah so it's earth is spinning this way it's spinning around that way yeah. going around i know yeah. what retrograde means yep what? Is it actually moving that way or does it appear to be moving in retrograde? No, that's the way it's moving. Well, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Huh. So again, there's a lot of things that are orbiting the earth. There's a hundred thousand plus satellites orbiting earth right now. Does this overlap into like a UFO picture? That's really famous of like a little black floating thing in the yes, sky. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's oh, exactly I what it is. See it. It's yeah, famous. How have I not it, seen it? it? Okay. So we can take a look at it. So this object was up there before even Sputnik, which what? is the very first yeah. uh, satellite Whoa. in orbit. And so NASA, what's interesting is that NASA, these are actual pictures from NASA that NASA took. Wow. This um, is amazing. And so NASA says, okay, whatever this thing is, is not a satellite. It's not extraterrestrial. This is actually a piece of space trash from the 1998 STS-88 mission, uh, space shuttle mission. So the pictures that we have of this Black Knight satellite are pictures taken by this STS-88 mission on their way to the International Space Station. And all these images are in NASA's archives as well. So this is a collection of photographs that were taken when the STS-88 space shuttle was on its way to the ISS, International Space Station. And these are all official NASA pictures in their archives. There's links to them and everything. And this is the so-called Black Knight satellite. That's crazy. This thing looks like it has wheels. Does that look like a piece of space trash to you? No. So it really not, does not. And it changes forms, too. And like people are saying, oh, well, it's tumbling and it's opening up. And that's, you know, it's just this thermal blanket is what they essentially say it is that a thermal blanket was lost 
And this, these are just pictures, but why would they take the time to mm. capture these pictures mm. of a space blanket flying? Yeah. This thing well, is clearly you know, changing forms. Do we know how big it is? Cause it looks pretty big. Yeah, it does look pretty big. We don't know exactly how big it is, but, um, what the hell? I mean, does that look like a, <laughs> that looks like a alien satellite to me. Yeah. Wow. That like is, what is whoa. that? Okay. Yeah. Come on. Okay. It's like there's fire on it. It looks like it's what it blasting what is, off. How do you explain that away? <laughs> like the blanket caught fire. Maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah, it's just the light. What? Okay. That's, it could be reflecting though. So for comparison, check this video out from the actual mission itself where they did lose a thermal blanket. So you can see what that actually looks like and, and judge. So this is a piece or a thermal blanket that was lost off of the That's space shuttle. That's what I was shuttle. way more expecting. It's not black for one. It looks like it a, looks just like a, a piece of aluminum foil like floating yeah, around. Yeah. And, it, and, and notice that it's not really bed. changing, you know, forms like as dramatically did, as the did other. you. I was about to say, excuse me, hold on. Are you singing <laughs> Katy Perry? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> God. No, that does not look the same whatsoever. Are you kidding? Okay. So. Based on those pictures, if we think about this and we decide that, okay, this is some type of satellite that's potentially been up there for even thousands of years and it has, you know, some otherworldly origin, mm. you know, it, we always talk about this idea of aliens and if aliens were here, you know, what would they be doing? Well, one of the things that they would probably be doing is, is reconnaissance, you know, they'd be surveilling the planet and perhaps they mm. do have some sort of uh, device or ship like this that is just kind of in our orbit mm -hmm. that we don't really, you know, know, notice or know about until this mission where we captured pictures of it. Just sends info back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause if you think about, you know, some of these, like we were at the beginning of this episode, we we're talking about fast radio bursts and things like that um, over the years. And we talked about this with Nikola Tesla. I mean, he picked up in 1899, mm -hmm. he was picking up radio transmissions that were from, something alien we don't know what but from somewhere else and perhaps he was picking yeah, up transmissions tonight. coming from this black knight satellite so that wasn't the first example though i mean over the years there was uh, another time in 1928 on oslo norway where they picked up some radio echoes that were coming from outside of earth and they were basically rebroadcasting them and they didn't know what it was and so they theorize that perhaps this could have been the Black Knight satellite as well. That just over the past 50 to 100 years, we've been, you know, picking up these anomalies, yeah. you know, coming from space. And perhaps it's actually originating from this Black Knight satellite. Is it possible that the radio burst from our first story of the day of the episode is from the Black Knight satellite? No, because we, we, it's way beyond that. Like they could see how far that traveled. Mm, yeah. It was that way farther. Sense. This is like right up right. above us, mm. you know, in our around atmosphere. us. So yeah. if it is right up above us, not then in the atmosphere, but why don't we go and see it when we're in the space station? Like, why don't we wait for it to come into a, well, I think it's why don't we catch it, put a net out and get it. I think it's it. gone now. I think it's like disappeared. What? Oh, what? That's it's not weird. up there anymore. Like yeah. shit. They're onto us and they left. Wait, that's weird. Yeah. It's not been seen since I think. Uh, 1963 potentially like it was and around, they're just good with yeah. being like it was probably a blanket that's it well I mean there's people that have gone on and try to like debunk this whole thing and a lot of like if you were to look up 
you know, NASA's website or something, they would just say this is space debris. It's tumbling. There's similar examples where it could be that. So there is a very real possibility. This is just a piece of space junk that is in orbit, like tons of other space junk that's up there. And, you know, there's a lot of space junk up there. So it's possible. But again, I mean, there was astronaut Gordon Cooper in 1963. He was orbiting the earth and he reported seeing a glowing green light in front of his Mercury nine module seeing weird things up there back in 63. I mean, there wasn't that many satellites up there. Just the amount of astronauts who report seeing something weird while they were up there is enough for me. I mean, they're not just seeing strange phenomena that has no explanation. No, I mean, they're clearly seeing something. Yeah. And is this black Knight satellite in fact, a you know, some type of extraterrestrial, spaceship or you know device to surveil the earth or is it you know just a piece of junk that we happen to get some pictures of but again why would they take the time to take all these really detailed photos Mm -hmm. if it didn't pique their interest yeah you know they clearly see a lot of space junk and other shit floating around that they know is why do we need to capture that you know Mm -hmm. so the fact that this has been you know out there for potentially thousands of years way before man even knew how to put things into space is kind of interesting. So, but then again, with any, you know, conspiracy like this, you can't really verify this. So believe what you want. <laughs> you heard it here first folks. <laughs> believe what you want. Okay. So my final topic is some more history because that's what I find most interesting. History mystery. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. Kind of not really though. It's just something cool. Um, So in 1971, there were a group of construction workers digging on a hill in, I hope I say this right, but Mawangde near the Chinese city of Changsha. And they were actually going to be building this uh, raid shelter in the area near a hospital. And this was just a hill. They had no idea that anything important was in it, but they were shocked to find out what was inside. So they ended up coming across a tomb and that automatically halted, you know, their their project. So they brought some experts in and they found this tomb way beneath many layers of soil and sand. Um, And when they opened up the tomb, they found a bunch of things in it. The excavation process actually lasted nearly a year. And archaeologists had help from at least 1,500 volunteers, which were mostly local high school students. And this was the tomb of Li Chang, who was the Marquise of Dai, which I really, I'm sure I'm saying that somewhat wrong. Um, But he governed this province until approximately 2,200 years ago. And this was during the rule of the Han dynasty. So the tomb had as many as a thousand precious artifacts inside, including golden and silver figurines of musicians, mourners, animals. um, And they were all intricately crafted. She had a ton of household items in there too, or the family did. Um, As far as like plates, they were really into cooking and eating. So they had and drinking just a lot of like 70% of what they found were just plates and cups and things like that, but very fancy items. And all of this is cool. But the real discovery that was amazing was the discovery of a mummy of Chin Sui, uh, which was the wife of Lee Chang. And um, they, she's also known as Lady Dai, which also Lady, you know, Princess Diana is also known as Lady Dai. So different Lady Dai 
obviously. And this mummy is known nowadays as, like I said, Lady Di, the diva mummy, or the Chinese sleeping beauty. And she was found wrapped in 20 layers of silk. And her coffins were found like nesting dolls almost. Four coffins, one inside of each other. So it was a very elaborate setup. But what was special about this body that was found was it was in incredible condition. When they first opened her up, it looked like she had just died within a few days. Like it was insane how good she looked at first. Her skin was still supple and moist, they said. Uh, It looked like regular human skin, just slightly, slightly, you know, decayed looking. But incredible for how long it had been. The most well-preserved body of all time. Her muscles were in good condition. You could literally bend them and move them. After being sealed in this underground tomb for more than two millennia, and they think that she was immersed in some type of liquid. There's like this acidic red looking liquid that was at the bottom of her coffin, which some scientists say that it just dripped into the coffin over yeah. time. Yeah. But many others think that that liquid was actually made to preserve her. And that's what kept her so nice. But as soon as her body was exposed to oxygen, when they brought her out of her tomb, she started to slowly decay. So there's actually pictures of her. If you'll pull it up, Janelle, it's Lady D.A.I., I was going to say the preservation of the body is likely due to the fact she was in this nested mm-hmm. coffin mm-hmm. where that was totally that sealed. That is what it is. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's kind of wild. It's honestly. really scary looking yeah, the skin, now. The skin's all still there. That's Isn't that incredible? Wow. And she looked a lot better when they first brought her out. There's no pictures when she was first taken out of the tomb, but it happened quickly. Um, so this tomb was incredibly well designed to keep her... Uh, you know, still looking pretty good. She looked very good. Her skin looked, you know, amazing. She even had veins and they were able to test her blood and see that she was type A. That's how well preserved it was. That's wild. Isn't that? I mean, God, they knew something that even the Egyptians didn't know. I know. As far as preserving a body like that for It's interesting that we don't see more bodies like that from this era though. It clearly wasn't something they did that often. Maybe they didn't realize how well it worked. How would they be able to test it? Or it's just an anomaly with this woman for some reason. She just is like one of, you know, the chances of this happening were so slim. No, because as soon as they brought her out, she started decaying like a real body and you know, she's decayed now. It's not like she's still like that, but. So it was the way she was. Mm -hmm. It was the tombs. Yeah. And possibly that mystery liquid which no one's been able to figure out if that was actually used to preserve her, if it was just leaking in. Did they ever test that liquid or? No, they were not able to ever figure out what it was. It's just called an unidentifiable acidic liquid. Hmm. So it could have just dripped in there. Um, But they were able to figure out that she was 50 when she died. She most likely died of a heart attack. And here's the wildest part about this is she still had melon seeds in her stomach. A lot of them. Her favorite food was musk melon, which I've never even Hmm. heard of that. But apparently you eat the seeds too because she had hella seeds in her stomach and none of them were even remotely digested Interesting. because the body takes an hour to start digesting seeds, I guess. And so she was killed within or not killed. She died from this heart attack within an hour of eating this melon. Yeah. They don't think she knew that she was going to die or like so felt sick or anything. Weird. So to me, that that means she was entombed in this coffin like right off the bat pretty much like really quickly like it was almost ready for her yeah that was a good point maybe because like i mean even in normal conditions like you start decomposing within a couple days you know Mm -hmm. like your you know your body starts breaking down and 
So, I mean, that the pictures of her, she definitely looks like in, you know, pretty good shape for how long it's been. I know. So maybe there was some trick that they did. Maybe they specifically were there planning to preserve There clearly was. There clearly was a trick of some sort. It's just, what was it? How did they do it? Because, man, if there was, like, some secret way to preserve a body, like, without having, right. you know, using cryonics, like, that mm-hmm. whole thing where you're freezing your body. Just the fact that. that no other corpse has come remotely close. I mean, they, I watched a documentary on this too, some of it, and they showed clips of when they did surgery on her, like, well, not surgery, an autopsy. Yeah. And just, they opened up her organs look like normal organs. They look like obviously discolored and kind of funky looking, but it doesn't make any it's, sense. It looks though. like a body. It's wild. Any normal person would have decomposed over that amount of time. Like, yeah. Yep. So why her? Because of the way they preserved her. Why her? Well, I don't know. Why? Why? She was special. Her? She was loved by her husband. I Are they know. hoping that we'd like bring her back to life like one day? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I was thinking about that earlier. Like, what is the point of trying to preserve your body? Um, and you if know, you're like, spiritual, then your body, your soul leaves your body. So they clearly don't. I, I feel like when they do this, they don't want people digging them up years later. And there was a lot of debate in our comment section about just, you know, whether or not we should be digging up tombs of ancient people. And is it just disrespectful as hell? But a lot of people made the argument for science. So there was a lot of, you know, disagreements back and forth in this. But clearly they didn't, they like wanted her to be preserved and left alone. And maybe they wanted her body to be able to live on forever in a sense. And we kind of fucked that up by taking her out. Yeah. Where is she now? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I really don't know. Um, I don't know how much is left of her. They may have buried the, her rest of her remains. I was going to um, say, dude, just put her back in the thing and <laughs> put it back in the tomb. I doubt they did that. But um, yeah, they have a bunch of articles that you can go see in the Hunan Provincial. I wonder if they notified museum. her family too. be like, hey, we dug up your ancestor here. Look, great condition. <laughs> <laughs> they can like track down who she's related to. That yeah, would be cool. Like, well, I mean, look how much. I mean, they probably take her fingerprints, footprints. Yeah. Like, yeah, they can probably I mean, not, not that they'd be able to like run it through a database yeah. or something and no. figure out. I don't anything, know if they but. were able to get fingerprints, but. DNA and blood samples. Yeah, for sure. that's what I'm saying. It's like you probably match up the DNA with living relatives. Could, I'm sure. That's a lot of work. Anyway, quite the the medical mystery there, isn't it? I like that. Well, the this this plays well into my last uh, topic here because mine has to do with ancient ancient history. We love that around here, don't we? Yes. So this is very very interesting to me because I don't know. What do you think about giants? And the idea that perhaps at one point in our history, maybe there's even a whole chapter of human history where there was exceptionally large human beings that walked the planet. I mean, hey, a lot of people believe in giants. A lot of people believe in fairies. It's possible. Where are the skeletons? Yeah. Where's the skeletons? Oh, I agree. I feel like I haven't seen enough found some evidence. stuff. Yeah. They've definitely found some. I mean, we could do a whole episode about giants and stuff. But well, there was that big bone, right? That big femur bone. Yeah. Well, they found a heart. They believe they found oh. a giant heart shit and it was a it was a fossilized heart that was enormous it would not fit any animal it clearly was like a human heart maybe but it just was enlarged ex- yeah no we're talking like whose heart's fitness <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was like a t-rex heart or something no it's it's a human heart <laughs> but anyways just being a free thinker you yeah, know <laughs> i like it i like it so this is called the giant's footprint of south africa if you want to pull it up this is very, very cool because 
in the side of this rock, which I believe is granite, there is what looks to be a left foot of a giant Whoa. being of some sort, a human foot, five toes. Some people say there's a six on the end, but this is an actual thing in South Africa. And the, the man that's in this video is actually Michael uh, Tellinger. And he is somebody who studied this for a very long time. Uh, it was actually discovered in 1931 by a hunter uh, in the area. So it's, we've known about it for a very long time, but it hasn't really been studied or, or taken seriously more than just sort of a, a rock anomaly, you know, like the same way that people see things in the clouds. Mm-hmm. People are like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is just some happens chance of, you know, nature that it created a literal footprint in, in this rock. Uh, and what's interesting about it, if you look closely at the top near the toe, especially near what would be the big toe, you can see how there is a portion of dirt that's kind of pushed up out. So if you think about if you were to step in mud, how you would make a footprint and the mud would rise above the foot. So it kind of looks like that's exactly what happened here. Whatever stepped here actually create, you know, at one point this rock was actually not rock. Mm -hmm. It was ground up. Uh, it was soft and whatever stepped in it, stepped in it and it pushed up some of that, as you can see at the top there. Okay. But here's my question. What is stepping in that direction up a side of a rock? Well, that that's the thing is that over time, this is thousands and thousands of years old. So this terrain has changed a lot. So this was once uh, horizontal, but it's now become vertical with, weathering and erosion and everything that it's actually uh and it's actually solidified because it was not solid rock to start with does that make sense yeah that does make sense and it and and it could have you know gone up that way over a long long period of time thousands of years that is really interesting however i will say i'm not completely convinced because i think that that definitely could be a natural shape in the rock i mean look at this look at the rest of the rock Um, when he kind of pans over there's areas where it almost looks like dug in as well in the same type of shape. Like they're similar. Yeah. There's lots of indentation. Mm -hmm. uh, There's lots of indentations on this rock face for sure. Also the foot, the toe is coming really out to the right. Um, But I could see how, you know, it could just be misshapen or maybe the giant had a, you know, kind of bony looking foot. It's a little deformed. Maybe I have seen some people's feet that are kind of questionable like that. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Bow Maybe it is a giant. But I mean, look at the top. You can clearly see what looks like toe imprints. Like I know, but what are the chances? Else? What are the chances that nature creates a perfect foot? People see seemingly? Jesus in toast. Is that real? Well, that, that's. Know? I mean, you got a point, and that's what you know. Other people have come and studied this. Uh, for example, uh, one professor came out there and with this guy to look at it, and. He basically just said, uh, you know, it's basically what you said, the idea that, you know, we see angels, Mm -hmm. animals, human faces in the clouds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is just a natural uh, simulacrum is what it's called. Simulacrum. 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 Yeah. It's like this natural just occurring, you know, thing where Mm -hmm. things look like things we recognize, but they're not really fun as it would be to believe in giants i'm just not convinced enough well i mean i think i've seen enough and that doesn't convince me okay (laughs) josh is like god damn it well that's all i have (laughs) okay not convinced (laughs) but it is kind of cool so here here's some other ideas so 
this guy, Michael Tellinger, who's in that video, he, he believes that at one point in time in our human history, there was giants that walked the earth. There is actually, he's actually found uh, a decent amount of evidence, large bones, the, the fossilized heart that I mentioned. Mm. Um, there, there's a lot more evidence that's out there. Some even claim to have found full skeletons. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit with that too. There's a lot of fake stuff that's out there, but there is some, uh, some decent evidence for it. Well, maybe we should do an episode on this. We should. Absolutely. Believer versus skeptic. Well, and also, yeah, it's a series we want to make. What do you think guys? Let us know. Give <laughs> where, us a thumbs where up I argue for something and you argue against it. Yeah, that could be fun. It'd be Really fun. But this is, this is a uh, pretty interesting. And his theory is that this was giants that were happened to be mining in this area back in ancient times. Mm. Uh, they were mining the granite that was there. And that's, how do we know that, into that Well, well, <laughs> look, I mean, you're, he's also going off. If you look at, you know, the Bible, Goliath, the giant was, you know, mentioned in the Bible, he mm. was a very, very large human. So that's one example of a mm. giant. I mean, some people debate whether he was an actual giant or he could have just been like Shaquille O'Neal at the time. <laughs> and he's just like a big tall, but I mean, I forget what the, the Bible says, how tall he was and how big he was, mm. but the Bible refers to him as a giant. So there's this belief that if you look at the uh, Sumerians and you look at their creation story, the Anunnaki and all of that, you know, there, there is mention of the Nephilim, which were these giants that were uh, roaming the planet, living amongst us for a long time. And they went into hiding or they were killed How off. How can they hide like that, that while they're giants? It's a giant planet. There's a lot of places. <laughs> you can hide. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there, there's a lot of possibilities here with this. So, all right, where are the other footprints? Like he was walking. Why is it just yeah. one? Right. Why wouldn't there be like at least one more somewhere in the vicinity? <laughs> well, because it's been covered up by weathering and erosion, and this one just happened to end up vertical while the rest remained horizontal. Hmm. It's one idea. All right. But yeah, you bring up a good point. Why isn't there just footprints of giants all over the place? Yeah, you'd think we'd see quite a bit of evidence or there would be more bones and more like giant homes, like big forts and yeah. Well, thousands and thousands of years ago. This is thousands Uh, of years ago. Yeah, do you know how many things that are thousands of years old that are still hanging out? Maybe the giants were very primitive and they weren't actually building themselves houses and they just slept on the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they did. <laughs> or they as as legend goes, they lived in caves and you know, things like that. So wouldn't there be more evidence of, you know, civilizations carving That's into what the I'm wall saying. that like, oh, we have giants. Here's a there giant. is. There's examples of that. Oh, well then There's maybe we have to do that, that episode because I, f- I feel like Janelle and I need some convincing yes. on that one. We got two skeptics here. Maybe. I'm the only believer. <laughs> so maybe there's someone out there that's with me on this, but <laughs> I think there's a possibility there was giants and I think perhaps there are sleeping giants still alive today. Sleeping giants. Do you think still- Bigfoot maybe is just a giant? No, Bigfoot is not a giant. He is his own species. Oh, if we want to get in that debate, we'll have to say that okay, for another day. Okay, let's not. This has already been a long episode. <laughs> but We'll end it there. Yeah. That's all all we got time for today. That is our ponder potluck. But hopefully there's something in there that piqued your interest or maybe you never heard of something we mentioned today. Yeah, we definitely want to hear your feedback on the topics that we talked about today. And what do you think about a skeptic versus believer series? Let us know because I would love to do. I'd love to like make an argument for something and you guys try to debate and Mm -hmm. debunk it. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun, actually. It would be fun. 
Because, yeah, I'm a Bigfoot believer, so we'll see what you guys <laughs> And I am, like, this. the biggest Bigfoot skeptic. Like, I me believe too. in a lot of stuff, but Bigfoot uh-huh. is one thing I'm like, no? me too. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do have to do that soon. So. Yeah. <laughs> but until next time, guys, make sure you like, subscribe, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, all, all the places, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram. But we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode there. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Mile Higher Podcast, something different from the past month. We decided to switch it up today. But we'll be back with some more unsolved mysteries, true crime coming at you very soon. But until next time, stay safe and stay woke. (laughs) 